Hello, I'm Vernon Kay, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We've got plenty more exclusive England rugby content coming up for you, but this week it's time to get to know this man a little better. Well, Jamie's not even the best in his room, so. Oh! <laughs> no, Elliot's, so Elliot's, Elliot's better than Jamie. Yeah. Lord's better. That's controversial, you know. I think that's fact. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if the gaffer says it's a fact, then it's a fact. Yes, we get the inside line on England's Owen Farrell. No, it was probably easiest for me. <laughs> I just made it the most difficult, I think. <laughs> as well as our chat with Owen, Red Rose's Leanne Riley quizzes teammate Vicky Cornborough about her favourite tracks. Oh, <laughs> on those tres cheeky. <laughs> and England centre Rachel Burford reveals her top three sporting heroes. And he signed my shirt on my collar, because we used to have collars back then. (laughs) And he signed it, and my mum actually um, went over it in stitch so that I could keep wearing the shirt at the same time. I just remember being in awe of him, being wanting to be like him. But first, here's how I got on when I sat down with Owen Farrell. You and I kind of, or it feels like from my perspective, like we've known each other, for, for a very long time but actually we haven't it's the fact that I went to sixth form in Wigan and I used to see your dad around all the time where'd you go? I went to John Rigby okay yeah where did you go? primary school was Sacred Heart and uh, secondary school was St John Fisher nice but only for a couple of years St John Fisher Were, weren't you 13, 14 when you moved down south? yeah do, do you remember that transition from being up north to moving down? Uh, yeah I do I hated it did you? Uh, yeah I was the one that got dragged down kicking and screaming Actually hated that we were moving away from Wigan. All my all my friends, all I'd ever known was 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 there. Really, probably the, was the most difficult childhood to a lot of us for my mum and dad, <laughs> making a big decision to move down south. But um, I, I ended up being the one to settle in the quickest. And throughout your childhood, obviously having your dad, the iconic player that he was at Wigan, because I remember we used to go to the Bees Knees on Friday. That was where our sixth form do was. And there was a few of them in the back. And if you look at those iconic players that were on that Wigan team throughout that whole period of Wigan's success, uh, late 80s, early 90s, you couldn't move in Wigan without someone, male and female, wearing a Wigan rugby top. How was that, your childhood growing up, having all that around you? Yeah, well, obviously Wigan's rugby league mad. It's, it's, um, as, as a kid, it's all, it's all any of my mates did. And obviously I was lucky enough to, to get to tag along to training and, and watch this... This unbelievable team work behind the scenes, I guess, without knowing it. Yeah, definitely without knowing it. But um, yeah, that was that was a, a massive privilege looking back at it. Was that what inspired you to be a rugby player? Did you always want to be a rugby player always, as a kid? Always, really? Yeah. Because of your dad or because of your love of the game? No, I loved it. Loved it. I loved. I loved going watching my dad everywhere and 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 following him around. And I loved watching Wigan. Still do. Still got family that play for Wigan. So no. It, I, I, I think a lot of a lot of young people from Wigan want to grow up and, and play for Wigan, and uh, there's a, a ridiculous amount of amateur rugby league clubs in Wigan compared to when I moved down here, and there may be a couple in a town or one in a town, and playing Wigan schools, um, every school was brilliant. So no, it's, it's it's mad for it. It really is. It really is. And then, so you moved down south, and then it was it. I mean, I don't get want to get into too much, but was it a difficult transition for you because everyone wanted to move down, and you were the only one that didn't? No, it was probably easiest for me. <laughs> I just made it the most difficult, I think. Um, yeah, as I said, I, I hated the thought of it. Didn't want to go to a new school. Didn't want to make new friends. Didn't want to. Uh, didn't want to do anything different, I guess. But it was. It, it was brilliant. Loved it when I when I came down. I think obviously the first thing I got into was going to rugby union training this time at, at, at school and down to the local club at the weekend. So I got to make friends pretty quickly. Was it difficult for you as a kid going from one code to another? 
Or was it just basically you being as fast as you are, as strong as you are, quick as you are, just showing them what you can do? Did you have a chip on your shoulder because you were northern? No. <laughs> I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think when you're that age, I mean, I was, I was probably 13 when I first showed up. Mm. Were you a late developing 13 or early No, I was probably bigger. I was probably oh, yeah. a bigger 13-year-old. Oh. But I think at that age, there's no real specialists in terms of everyone's still learning about the rook, everyone's still learning about... I mean, you don't. You obviously don't jump in the line out, and the scrums are a bit different to what you do when you when you grow up. And I probably learnt most of the rules and things playing playing games like rugby or eight and on, on PlayStation <laughs> and stuff like that. But no, there was there was no real there was not a massive amount of structure to it at that age. I don't think so. I, I kind of fitted in. Oh, that's good. So the the, the moulds weren't already set with the other kids. Probably the hardest thing was everyone understanding what I was saying. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I get that. Uh, so once once you moved down, did you write back to your friends in Wigan or did you just phone them up? Did you keep in touch with them? I did. I kept in touch with a few for for a while and it, it just kind of got uh, a bit... It just tapers off, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit. A bit. You're having the same conversations and then and then they, they kind of slow down. So I've obviously still got a lot of, a lot of family up there and, and a few lads have, have gone on to play in, in Super League and things like that and you kind of keep in touch with them every now and again, but that, that's about it. As a professional rugby player, now looking back, what's the because we get a lot of young listeners to the podcast and we get a lot of questions over and over again. Oh, what's the one thing that helped you kick on? What three things can you take from your teenage years that are still pivotal in your game, or is there three things, or is there just one thing? I think it'd be hard to probably pick three things out. I think I think the main thing that still sticks in it is is love being out there, love being out on the pitch, love practicing, love trying to improve and see and see where you can take it because it, if you stay like that it'll, it'll never not be exciting you know I think I think that's the main thing love being out there on the pitch I find that fascinating because when you ask a professional sportsman that question and you get that answer just enjoy it enjoy the game enjoy going out there but from the outside you think oh I've got to go to the gym I've got to learn the rules you know learn the fundamentals of the game but at the end of the day if you enjoy it I would imagine that all those things just fall into place right yeah and I mean there's there's all sorts of aspects of of it that you can get better at and constantly get better at but that's that's brilliant that's why it is so good that's why it's uh, so enjoyable to be a part of to keep exploring them spaces and, and trying to improve is, is, is brilliant. This is Jamie George and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Line. We'll be back with Owen shortly, but first, Leanne Riley finds out what songs mean the most to fellow Red Rose, Vicky Cornborough. Vicky, tell us three tracks that have been influential in your life. So, first track comes to mind uh, is Eminem 8 Mile. It's uh, one of uh, our big songs when I was in the under 20s and we always used to play it in the uh, changing rooms before we went out for internationals. Nice, uh, deep and dark like that. Second track is my first cap song when I uh, got capped um, in the EPS and that was Cheeky Girls. Love a bit of oh, Cheeky wow. Girls. I know all the dance moves. Can you all... show us some dance moves? Well, I can't show you right now because it's a podcast. Everyone just picture Vicky Cornborough, Google her, have a little look. She is going to be doing the Cheeky Girls later on this evening for Leanne in the room. Showtime. We are the Cheeky Girls. You <laughs> are the Cheeky Boys. We are the Cheeky Boys. Girls. Huck her up. Oh, <laughs> on, dos, tres, cheeky. <laughs> and your last song, come on, hit us up. 
Moving and on. My last song would be any song by Ed Sheeran, to be fair. Um, I went and saw him at the O2, and it was two hours of absolute amazing performances. He can rap, he can sing, he can play the guitar. Him on a loop pedal is amazing. Nice, strong. Like those. The Cheeky Girls, wow, that's a bit of a throwback. But now it's time to get back to my chat with Owen Farrell. Uh, the coffee club, uh, do you partake in that? I do, yes. All right, there's, there's two coffee machines running at the moment, right? No, not, not oh, at the minute. All right, so what's happened? Who's got rid of theirs? Uh, Manu's not brought his, so all right, okay. I'll one down. But Manu's was, like, we know for a fact that Jamie and Elliot were quite worried that yeah. Manu's was getting too good. He's the best barista, yeah. You can't say that to Jamie George. Does Jamie George know that people think that, though? Well, Jamie's not even the best in his room, so... <laughs> no, Elliot's... So Elliot's better than Jamie? Yeah, Lord's better. Jamie's all right. Like, I'm not saying he's bad, but Elliot's... Elliot's a good barista, man who's unbelievable. Right, okay. That's interesting. That's controversial, you know. I think that's fact. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if the gaffer says it's a fact, then it's a fact. But let's talk quickly. Life away from rugby. Do you get time to relax? Yeah. Yeah. Are you um, are you a, are you a, a stay in, close the doors type person, or are you outdoorsy? Get the hiking boots on, bob out, go for a walk with the family, or probably a bit of both, really. I am I am a bit of a, a homebird. I like a bit of cooking. My, my wife's obviously a lot better than I am, but I like eating in at home and probably taking the dog out. What do you play off golf wise? No, I, I, no, I really. No, I'd be I'd be eighteen. All right. Okay. Do you want to get a golf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play off eighteen. I love that. Is there a competitive spirit in the group of lads? Like we know, coffee club's quite competitive. But is there anything else going on? Yeah, you'd all. I mean, if you was if you was playing around, there'd always be something on it. Whether, oh, right, it, be, right. whether it be coffees or, or whatever, but yeah, there'd always be something on it. Nice. When was yeah. the last time you draw a picture of a horse? <laughs> no. Do you know? I, like because it's one of those things. You know, when you find yourself doodling as a home bird, you're always doing little things, and I always try and improve. It's a personal thing, and it's a bit weird. You try drawing a horse. When you go to your room tonight, go and try and draw a horse. Honest, you go, you get three of the lads say, right, competition, best horse, wins £100. Do four lads, all chip in £25. You try and draw a horse. Watch how many horses don't appear. They just look like big dogs. <laughs> Honest. Honest. It's the hardest thing ever. Try, try it. I'm telling you, try it. Uh, do you have an Xbox or a PlayStation? Yeah, I have a PlayStation. What's your favourite game? Uh, do you play it on a regular basis? No. I'm more sport games with people. Right. Not, not someone who sits there uh, all night on it. Are you, are you one of these people on the team who are obsessed about what trainers they're wearing? Not obsessed about it. I like, I like trainers, but I don't, I'm not. I'm not like Chris Ashton. Can't get any sort of speck of dirt on him. Uh, yes, the, the ties, laces, funny and stuff. He, he keeps them all in boxes at home. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. And, he's I a, hate that. and he's a hoarder with them. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Now that Haskell's not in the squad, is there anyone that annoys you more than him? No. <laughs> what's your what's your worst exercise in, in the gym that you don't like doing calves calves <laughs> I just made that up I yeah I know that's, that's not like calves you don't really do exercise uh, <laughs> you just said you stop tell. it not on the mic hi this is George Ford and you're listening to the official England rugby podcast with Auto Inside Line more from Owen very soon but right now hear how England flanker Tom Curry got on when I put him under the microscope all right, are you ready for your quick-fire questions? I am. Good man. First one. What profession other than yours would you like to attempt? Skier. Oh, really? I'm not a very good skier, but it looks cool going to the mountains and just... 
It always looks really flips. Skiing. That's pretty cool. Uh, what's your musical guilty pleasure? Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Cheesy dance boy. Is that what you are? Nah. When was I the last time you went to a nightclub? Four weeks ago. Really? I can't remember. I actually can't. See, I, yeah. I was, that's quite current. That's like, it's not like it's six months ago. No, it's, it's probably not four weeks. I'm just saying that for the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to seem like a loser. <laughs> <laughs> You know we're going to keep that in. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Favourite joke? What do you call an Irishman that bounces off walls? Go on. Rick O'Shea. <laughs> it's actually a good... Oh. I got it from Sam James at Sale, so credit him. Uh, who would play you in a movie? Probably my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably... Yeah, good idea. So family and animals are safe. Which rugby memento would you save from a fire? I'm probably going to be a bit boring, just go for first shirt. Have you framed it yet? Yes, it's framed. Oh, thank goodness for that. There's a few of the lads don't frame them. Yeah, put them in a bag. I wouldn't put it in a bag. No, I've got three, sale, home and away, and my younger one in the middle. Good man. What's the last gift you bought someone or gave someone? Got, so we're talking Christmas. So obviously I, I work with my brother in getting gifts. What did we get shot? Hang on, wait, sister wait, wait. We don't right, get each I, other one. No, <laughs> I'm not bothered about that. Right, because you're a twin, you don't say, here you go, Auntie Brenda. This is a gift from us. Yeah, you? that's what I mean about the, the money saving. This is when it comes in at the perfect time. <laughs> you absolute tight ass. <laughs> so just because twins come from one egg, right? Just because you're one egg don't mean you buy one gift. It does. But it, it does. No way. <laughs> no one's complaining, so we'll keep it that way. That's brilliant. Lucky. <laughs> hey, you're so lucky. Makes you have a fortune. Are you in any WhatsApp groups? Yes, a few. What's your favourite one? Probably the one with the lads. It's good. Is it, is it labelled, the lads group? Because my last group is called is it- the Festival Dads. <laughs> because we're all dads, we want to go to festivals, but we never do. No, it's probably a bit more tasty than that. Okay, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Definitely flying. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, do you like flying? Do you like the travel that comes with playing rugby? Yeah, if, if it's not cramped leg space, it's all right, yeah. Which famous person would you be completely starstruck by if you ever met them in real life? I'd usually say Johnny Wilkinson, but I've oh seen him a couple of times. That boy has got the most chiselled frame I've ever seen on a human being. It's a joke. He's like marble. He's like granite. <laughs> what advice would you give your 12-year-old self? We're only going back eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, God knows. That's probably... Keep going, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably just carry on enjoying it, because I think that was, that was the biggest thing that probably, you know, when everything gets a bit intense, just the enjoyment factor that's, you know... It keeps pushing you forward. If you'd like more from where that came from, make sure you listen back to our feature interview with Young Tom in last week's podcast. Hi, this is Ben Youngs, and you're listening to the England Rugby Podcast with O2 Inside Life. More from Oin soon, but first, England centre Rachel Burford reveals her biggest sporting inspirations. My first ever memory of um, sort of sporting success and a female at that was in the 1992 Olympics. And I just remember, um, you know, I was six years old at the time, watching Sally Gunnell win her race. And I just remember being really excited about it. I don't know why I didn't necessarily follow athletics or do it at school or anything. I just remember seeing this woman, you know, win this race really well and celebrate and I was just kind of got straight behind her so she was kind of like the first ever female that I really um, looked up to and was like wow I want to do something like that. In a rugby context growing up 
my whole family played rugby so I was always at the rugby club and I have real fond memories of watching like the Six Nations on the TV and like trying to push past a lot of people's legs to get near the, the TV and um, I used to love watching um, Mickey Skinner I, used to, I don't know why maybe it was his hair at the time but he just always put it in those big punch tackles he actually visited um, the club that I played at um, at Medway and he signed my shirt the on my collar because we used to have collars back then <laughs> and he signed it and my mum actually um, went over it in stitch so that I could keep wearing the shirt and at the same time I just remember being in awe of him being wanting to be like him and then as I actually grew up I realised that he's a Kent man and he plays in the same county I did so it was kind of like a really nice connection in the end my third um, sporting heroes um, are probably not really aware at the time but were my mum and sister because they played rugby and I followed in their footsteps and, and we got the opportunity to play alongside each other and probably Without realising actually those those two were the first real females that I really looked up to and really wanted to be like although I'd never admit that to my sister <laughs> um, yeah just kind of always wanted to follow in their footsteps and just was really lucky that I had you know a mum and a sister that were really proud and strong and independent women and, and kind of helped me um, follow in their footsteps and, and lead in the way that they've um, led in, in their way in terms of being on a rugby pitch and, and showing me that it's possible to do whatever you want to do and, and so I was really fortunate at the time so yeah, they are my three sporting heroes. Thank you very much, Rachel. Remember, you can catch the Red Roses in action in Exeter against Italy. Just head to englandrugby.com forward slash tickets. There's also free entry to their Six Nations clash against Scotland at Twickenham on Saturday, the 16th of March. Right, let's head back to the England camp and our final part of my chat with Owen Farrell. Now, obviously, you're a pivotal part of the England rugby team. What was it like when you were told that you were going to be captain? Can you remember it? Uh, are, are you a sentimental person? Not not, not too much. I, I remember, obviously, the co-captaincy was the first a, a, conversation, a conversation that we had, yeah. So mm. um, I, I remember that. Uh, but you kind of do, you do a, a little bit before, you know, there were times where Dylan was injured, I think, in the last Six Nations and I was vice-captain and captain the France game, I think. Mm. And then obviously the the summer tour as well, and then obviously came back and was into the core captaincy. So there's, there's been a few stages with it. Does that add more pressure onto your own game being captain? I think in a in a good way, yeah. I think because a massive part of leadership is is performing, making sure you get your own stuff right. So <laughs> I think if you look at it that way, it's, uh, that's a, a brilliant part of it that you have to make sure that you turn up and you do your and you do your job. Uh, first and foremost, which can only be a good thing, I think. A few people have said that you're quite an inspiration at halftime when it comes to speeches. That you're not shy of stepping up. Is that true? Who's telling you that? There's a, there's a couple. <laughs> that, there's a couple that have said it. That you know, you, you give a rousing speech. No, I, no, I think the the best thing about being in this environment, one of the good things, sorry, is is that people, if you're thinking something, you say it. No one's too worried about whether it's the right thing or the wrong thing, or whether it's taken well or not it's we lay it out there a lot we we get it all on the table and you know if that if that's something that people use then brilliant and if it's not then we'll find another way and that'll be good what one thing has Eddie brought to the team that he keeps repeating on a loop you know not just one thing like because we found that he's he's always dropping little nuggets of golden pieces of information but what's his one consistent thing that he wants you all to do as a team the the thing as now is is how together we are how much we work hard at enjoying being here uh, it doesn't just happen so whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch we've got to make sure that we work hard at, at being as close as we possibly can as a group do you have a roomie yes who is it it's normally dylan 
Right. I think it, when Dylan comes back, he'll be straight back into the room. <laughs> but at the minute, it's Mako. Oh, I can understand why. Uh, does Mako eat when the lights go out? No, it snores though. Does <laughs> no, it's all right. We've no, got no, it. you can say that because I, I've said that he does snore because I was. We've got family in New Zealand, and we were on a flight with Mako to LA because two step journey. But we were getting off at LA, and my wife went, "I'm glad we got off." So why? I said he didn't stop snoring through the whole of the he journey. He doesn't stop snoring and he doesn't stop sleeping. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he gets on in life. Me as a professional athlete, it's ridiculous. But obviously we've got a big tournament coming up at the end of the year. Eddie's all about stepping stones, isn't he? He's all about, forget that, that's done. Let's move forward, next game. And things like the Six Nations are where... Do you think he's used it as a blueprint for the tournament at the end of the year? Oh, look, we, we've got to improve a lot. Um, we've got to make sure that we're constantly getting better to put ourselves in the best position possible, not just for the end of the year, but for now. So the only thing that we can concentrate on as a, as a whole, as a group, is, is what we're doing today what we're doing tomorrow, how we're going to prepare best for the weekend that's coming up. You know, there's a lot of people planning a lot of things behind the scenes that, that are for things in the future and that we we as players probably don't know about and don't need to know about because all that we need to concentrate on is, is improving now. Owen, thank you very much for chatting to us. Cheers. Really appreciate it and it's an absolute pleasure to watch you play. It really is. Thank you. Thanks very much. And there we have it, the inside line on England's Owen Farrell. Thanks so much to all our guests on this week's podcast, England's Tom Curry, Leanne Riley, Vicky Cornborough, Rachel Burford, and of course, the big man himself, Owen Farrell. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss next week's episode. And be sure to give us a rating and a review if you like what you've heard, so that more of your fellow rugby fans can find us. But until next week, that's all from me. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!